Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Get select Ernie Ball strings, three for ten. Save $100 on a Fender Special Edition Strat, or get a Yamaha acoustic for just $199. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in store now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. You are locked Three, on Mavericks. Two. Your daily podcast on the Dallas Welcome. Mavericks. Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsFanatic.com, and I am joined, huge. as always, by the editor of the Smoky Cuban. What you got for me, Isaac? So, Nick, on Friday, Paul George will be a member of blank. So this isn't a question. This is fill in the blank. First time for everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm asking you what team... He'll be a member of blank. So Friday will be the day after the draft. So Correct. we're thinking that it goes down at some point. I'm going to say. As we're. I'm going to say. We, oh, don't, don't say it. No, I'm not. No. I'm going to no. say he's Please taking God. his talents to the Erie Bay. He's going to hang out with LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Let's go with that. That's the most fun answer, right? Besides maybe Mavericks. In Dallas. <laughs> that would be super fun. I would love to cover Paul George for a year. It it would be fun for sure. I think it's I think it's L.A. I think the Cleveland stuff will be some smoke smoke screen. Which L.A. Magic. Are you talking Lakers or Clippers? <laughs> Lakers. Put Paul George although on think, the Clippers. That team is. Although I did tweet out something about the Clippers. I'm like, what if the Clippers did make a move? Would Paul George be okay with that? But I think ultimately Magic is just going to sit there. He's going to play his cards. I wouldn't play my cards with Cleveland. Like, I wouldn't sit back if I'm Magic and say, okay, trade Kevin Love for Paul George or whatever. He's just going to come to us in free agency. I do not let him get to Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. If, you, so. if, you could, if you're Cleveland and you could do Kevin Love straight up for Indiana, would you do it? Like, which side says no? Oh, Indianapolis for sure. Because if you trade Paul George, you're going in rebuild mode. Like I had a buddy a little bit ago, my best friend here in Dallas, and he's the homer, the Houston homer. Oh. And he texted me. He texted me, and he said, "You know, it was like Decker, Ryan Anderson, blah blah. Can get they can that get Paul George?" I'm like, mm. "No, no." <laughs> and it's mainly just because if like you're indie, like I get the whole like this news coming out helps Cleveland, but I think Lakers, you set back. See how it goes. I think Boston's the dark horse because, you know, you see. Now they have all these picks. Well, like, why does Boston go ahead and do this trade so early? You know, you read some stuff like, okay, they just, they want to get this done quick because they're working on other things. Yeah. And then also, if you're Boston, you have so many assets that you can risk it. Like, who cares if you give up this pick that you're getting in this Philly deal and, you know, Jalen Brown? I mean, I know that's that's still a haul, but like, you still have you have so many assets that you could sacrifice one or two and still be perfectly fine for the future, you know? Yeah, you'd be fine for the future. You're not going to be as set up as you are right now because apparently that the the Fultz deal that we talked about and it looked like we it looked like we had just nailed that podcast cuz we recorded probably wasn't it what was it like 2 hours we recorded before the deal was reported by you know, David Aldridge. Yeah, it was going back and forth. It was, first it was three picks, and then it was two picks, and then it was like two and a half. It was like one of them was protected, and so now it looks like it's ended up going to be the third pick in this draft, and then either 
the Lakers pick next year if it's two through five. It's so weird. And then if the Lakers are anywhere from one and then six and under, <laughs> it'll be Sacramento's pick in 2019. So <laughs> it's it, yeah. it's a weird protection, and I that doesn't look as good of a trade to me because I think Markel Fultz is you know guaranteed like super good player like Anthony Davis type level. I don't I don't put him on that same level as like an AD or Cat. I I don't put him there. I think he is the top prospect, but well, he's I don't not know. Victor Oladipo or Anthony Davis or Anthony Bennett. That's for sure. Uh, that is definitely for sure. That draft, but, man. I was going back and looking at that draft, and like there's like a lot of mocks had Anthony Bennett as like the eleventh pick. <laughs> like, can you imagine <laughs> if like Laurie Markkinen went number one overall on Thursday? That would be nuts. That's like the equivalent of the Anthony Bennett thing from 2013. All right, so let's get into this podcast. Uh, If you guys didn't listen to our weekend bonus edition, which a lot of you did, thanks for tuning into that. Uh, We're doing this thing. Give us five stars on iTunes and comment your draft questions, and we will answer every single one of them on our Wednesday show. That's the show that's going to come out on Wednesday that will be the day before the draft. All the stuff that's going to be going on at that point we will probably hopefully have some more trades because we love trades, and they just – it sends like some sort of endorphin through through my veins. So go on iTunes, give us five stars, comment with your draft questions. We will answer every single one of you. Thanks to the people that have already done that. Uh, we got those, and we will be answering those on Wednesday. So also wanted to give a shout-out on Reddit for guys that are, are telling people about the podcast, Swaggy Junkie and RPS215. Thanks so much for telling people on Reddit about the Locked On Maps podcast. If you guys are on there, I'm – constantly on reddit looking at stuff and i'm mostly just a stalker on reddit but (laughs) i post stuff every once in a while and upvote so uh thanks so much for for telling people and we just had a a great week i mean hopefully this next week we'll we'll beat it out but man we had a a really really good week and so thanks guys so much for doing that all right i'm gonna throw a curveball at you so today what today what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about donovan mitchell we're gonna talk about og ananobi again this is kind of the other spectrum from the malik monk De'Aaron Fox draft profile that we had before. Those are guys that could possibly, you know, drop down to nine. These are guys that we're thinking are, are a little bit lower, but if Dallas decides to trade down or something happens where that, you know, I don't know, like all these guys are gone and there's not a guy left that we like, then maybe these guys are possible picks for the Mavericks. Or if or if this happens, and this is what I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw at you. So Mike Fisher. Love Fish. He's been on our, on the Mass Fanatic podcast with us. It was great. Love uh, you know, hearing all his stuff. He's the, seems to be the only guy talking about rumors right now. And uh and I'm not really sure how to take all of them. You know, there's just so many coming out and all this stuff and so I'm not really sure which ones to take and n- no offense to him because this is just the time right now that that executives fleece people. So it's not, you know, this is not against Mike Fisher. It's just that he's probably hearing all this stuff, but not necessarily all of it is true. So let's try to weed through some of these these things that are, I think, connected to, to what we're doing today. So there's a rumor that the Mavericks are talking about a trade to get Ricky Rubio and also the seventh pick so that they could pick Frank Nielikina so that the Knicks don't get him at eight. Thoughts? Well, I plead the fifth on Mike Fisher. I will reserve my comments about that. Yeah. Um, with Rubio in the seventh, we've talked about Rubio before, and I like Rubio. I, I lean towards Rubio of 
I feel like Rubio has these people whether you like really like him or you really dislike him. Or you think him. that he can't play NBA basketball. It's like either yeah. <laughs> you're either one of those camps. Like he's not Rondo and I don't I don't like which can go both ways too. <laughs> you know like Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's not little, Rondo, but he's also not Rondo. He I think he's underrated as as a defender. I think he's underrated as a shooter some even though like he's not the greatest shooter. We know that. Um but I don't know. I mean, if it was just straight Rubio and seven for nine, well, well yeah. I mean, like, I don't. Yeah, that makes no sense. But <laughs> I mean, unless Philly's just, I mean, unless Minnesota's just really wanting to get off his contract, which, so then it becomes like, who do you give up? And then it's the natural trade we've talked about a thousand times if it's Wes and nine for Rubio and seven. Which but, Mike, which Mike Fisher also claims is never going to happen because all the executives say no about Wes Matthews. But somebody pointed out on Twitter, and I don't remember off the top of my head, they aptly pointed out that the Mavericks would probably say that about any player. They're just they're not an organization that says this guy is on the block. You know, they they kind of did that with Darren Williams and and Andrew Bogut, but those guys kind of wanted out anyway. So that's so, that's sort of a different situation. But they're not a team that's going to be like, all right, this guy's on the block, you know? You remember, you remember when Tyson Chandler came back in that trade and it was the second time coming back and they had that big press conference. And I remember Cuban sitting up there and saying, Hey, we messed it up last time. We're not going to mess it up again. Like, yeah, yeah, that that was a big mistake, whatever. Yeah. Well, Tyson's in Phoenix right now. So take that for whatever that, take that for that, data. Yeah. Um, but the concept of moving up to get Nelikina, you know, you'd if it's just Ruby on seven to move back to nine, then like I don't, who cares? But then when you look into giving up assets, like what if you have to give you know like a future first or something to move up two spots to get? Like I like Nelikina, but giving up some assets to move up to get him. Especially if you're going to get both Nelikina and you're going to get Rubio. So then on your roster you have Rubio. Nilakina, let's. I mean, I'm assuming you're going to keep Berea and Yogi. Like they're not going to go in a trade, right? So you got four point guards that can't really. I mean, Nilakina can play too. We've talked about that, but you have, you know, just this weird logjam at point guard that are like guaranteed point guards, you know? Yeah, and you'd have to like you'd be making that deal. Like I, I kind of agree with the concept of okay, if you get Nilakina, whether it's at nine or seven, if you get Nilakina at nine, like I do not think. Don't don't think Dallas is going to set back and not pursue like a Drew Holiday or something. I don't think that takes them out of somebody like that. I think that Nilakina. I don't think Nilakina is a day one starter you throw in there. You know, like Dennis yeah, Smith, you could not. probably throw in d- day one, whatever you you know think about Rick and him. But I think Dennis Smith is more ready on day one than you know Nilakina. But I don't know. I mean, everything's going to be thrown around right now. My favorite thing on Twitter right now is. I'm told a scout tells me <laughs> management whispers to me, uh, and that that's not directed towards any certain person. There's a lot of people that's doing that right now, but those are my favorite things. You know, sources is is it is an oldie. You know, people like to use that a lot, but NBA exec favorite, tells me is the new yeah one, is the yeah. new sources. Two NBA execs tell me blah blah blah. Translated your friends with a ball boy that you know was an intern back last year and they're like bro you know that was pretty cool and they say that so no i mean some of these people have legit sources but it feels like everyone is using that right now we have some sources but we don't i don't know i'm not gonna use them 
Yeah, I mean, there's different people that I like. I'll reach out to. I mean, obviously, we don't, we don't. It's like when Darren Williams, whenever I, I kid him about, I didn't really kid him about. It was one of his last few like weeks here in Dallas, and I was standing right beside him in the locker, and I said, I asked him about the traders. I'm like, hey, if nobody else is going to ask him, I'll ask him about it because there's all these rumors. If is he going to get bought out? Is he going to get traded to Cleveland? And I just asked him. I said, hey, what about you know the trade rumors? How you how you take that? Blah blah blah. And he literally looks at he looks at my feet, and then he like scans me up and down like the Terminator or something, and then just like <laughs> and then just stares at Target me. Target acquired. Like, he's like, I don't pay attention to that stuff. He said, obviously you guys, and he looks at me. Obviously you guys got your sources and everything telling you whatever. And I'm like, bro, I don't have any sources. I don't know. I'm just asking you a dang question, bro. Like, <laughs> I don't understand why you get, get all hasty with me staring oh, at me for. It was a trying time. Well, somebody told me like the day before Darren Williams was going to be gone, that his locker was cleaned out. And so that was just a weird, that whole time was just weird. <laughs> like Darren yeah. Williams was there. All of a sudden his locker's torn out. Anyway. Um, so the other rumor, the last one that we'll talk about from fish was that the magic, like Jason Tatum, Dennis Smith and Zach Collins, which he said would be a Mavericks dream scenario. If the, if the magic took Zach Collins, yeah, that's true. I don't see that happening, but you never know. It's the magic. They have a new regime. We have no idea who's running this, the show for them. Like, we just don't know. We've never seen them draft before. So, I think if if Orlando took if Orlando took Zach Collins above like a Jason Tatum, Dennis Smith, whatever Malik Monk, I th- even I think some I think their fan base would go up to like the Arctic. And cut off like a big iceberg, so it'd just be global warming to take out the whole like city of Orlando. Like that, it would not. What? That ain't happening, man. No, like, no, there's no way. That makes no sense. They just signed Bismack for like this, you know, big deal, and that would make absolutely no and, sense. They and still just, have Vucevic. It's just like with the Dallas stuff. If you know, when you bring in Nerlens back, if there's one position that you can't double down on. It's center, you know, like double yeah. down, like a significant, like you can double down on two point cards in today's game. You can double down on wings and shooting guard, like even fours, like, but you just can't, I don't know. Like, especially if you already have, you just can't double down two solid young cornerstone pieces. If that makes sense, you know? Yeah. You can't, and this, you can't spend your assets on that. And this ninth pick, I mean, it's huge. I mean, this is, it's huge. We can't undersell that of being the cornerstone piece of going forward in the future. So, all right. So, let's get into these prospects. Donovan Mitchell. Let's do the first one. He's a guard from Louisville. He's six three with a six ten wingspan. He's actually uh, meeting with the Mavericks today. As you guys are hearing this Monday, he's meeting with the Mavericks um, on mock drafts. He is in the wisdom of of drafts the board that, you know, David Locke threw together with a whole bunch of things. He's his average is about 14 and a half. So he's going like around Miami, which is kind of weird. The ringer guys have him 11, 14 and 14. Chad Ford has him 15. Um, draft express has him 11 right now, but they did have him down like to 15 at one point. So he's rising, going up and down. And then NBA draft.net had him at 14 at one point and had him at 21 at, at one point. <laughs> they're all, who, over, they're all over who, the place. Who runs, who runs that site? I know Jonathan Wasserman is uh, part of that still, I think. Okay. Uh, but 
they have they, just... they have like these they have archived mock drafts that they go back and uh so you see where like i went back to the 2013 one today and saw where they had the like these guys ranked and then they have a score in the top right corner of how close and how accurate they were and they get like 80s and 90s in some of these so hmm. Because they're the same people that have OG going in like the second round, right? Oh, yeah. We'll talk about where they have OG for sure. CBS had Donovan Mitchell at 18 and SI had him at 13. So it doesn't look like he's getting any higher than um, the Hornets at 11, which the Hornets could be is a pretty good spot for him, especially if they're looking for a backup point guard, which they did in our lockdown draft. Um, strengths for Donovan Mitchell. What are you seeing for Donovan Mitchell? Um, well, I mean, his, he has a high character. I mean, yeah, we, I like to mention that a lot. And when it comes to his workout with, with Dallas today on Monday, don't be surprised if you hear grumblings or you hear whoever, what's his face, fish, say something about, you know, like Stop a rumor or something. Fish, man. I'm not bashing you. I he's got to be our anything. guy. I didn't say anything about him. He, he's, a, he's a nice guy the one time that I've seen him out of practice or a game. Oh. And uh, so, so with – with Mitchell, like I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if like Grumblings came out saying Dallas loves Mitchell, yeah. just because a guy like anybody that ever works out for, they talk about how I don't know his character, how he you know, perceives himself, and just his workouts. And but yeah, I mean he's six three. He played off off the ball a lot at Louisville. And how do you say Louisville? I say Louisville. Do you say Louisville? I do sometimes say Louisville. Okay, so you know I'm from Kentucky, so I always said Louisville, but I'm from Southern Ohio, so I've been to Louisville. Yeah, yeah. I forgot you. No, you never say Louisville. That's not. That's weird. It's either Louisville or Louisville. I say say Louisville. Since I've been in Texas, I heard a lot of people say Louisville, and I'm like, "Hmm, okay. Anyway, he played off the ball a lot at Louisville, and uh, because they had Quinn Snyder, and Snyder ran the point. But you know, as far as his strengths. He has a cra- crazy athleticism. You know, yeah. he went to the combine. So I was reading this piece from the Courier Journal in Louisville, and they were talking about like him and Patino and kind of like their thought process because you know he was on the fence about coming out, and he just he was there. <laughs> I like, wonder what swayed him to go. <laughs> don't even. <laughs> don't start with that. <laughs> I wonder if something persuaded him. Don't, don't make any Did he have jokes. an experience at Louisville that he never had before? <laughs> I'm going to choose not to make a joke right now. <laughs> so, so, you know, what, I, what I'd heard is Patino kind of went to him before the season is like, hey, I need a star. Like, I need a, I need a guy on this team to, like, take hold of the team. And Mitchell came up to that really challenge. And, but kind of going into the, you know, the pre-draft process, you know, he was on the fence. He, he declared, but he didn't hire an agent. There's a lot of back and forth. Like yeah, and how also like we're... early May did he hire an agent? Yeah, and he wanted to go he wanted to go play five on five. Like his whole thing was I want to go against some of these top point guards in the draft. Like I want to prove that I'm Which just as good. Is the best. Like you you want that in a guy. You want that yeah. in a prospect. And and not to take any way a thing away from it, but a lot of point guards that are not projected at the top that, you know, you can't hurt yourself. You know, somebody like Alonzo going one-on-one with Donovan Mitchell, that doesn't help him, you know? No, not at all. Especially if Mitchell, like, shows him up. So, but, so Patino was like, no, just do your workouts. Like, go to the draft and test, do your workouts, and go from there. And that's when he got, he started getting big-time buzz because he got over 40-inch vertical, 6'10 wingspan. He had a no-step, a no-step vertical of 36 inches. Like, can, 
I can't even imagine like that. And he had it. He had a. I wrote this down. I don't know where it's Guys, at. That's three feet. That's three feet off the ground. I don't know if I've ever been three feet off the ground on my own power. <laughs> <laughs> and he had the fastest three quarter sprint time at the combine since two thousand eight. Who, do, you so, know who, do you know who it was? I want to say Sonny Weems. I didn't write it down, but or like Archie like, Goodwin or somebody like that. Somebody random, but like 2008. I mean, that's a, so like physically, it's crazy. That's a long time. That's like not, almost 10 years. Yeah. So I mean, you know, he played off the ball a lot, but then Snyder got hurt in ACC play, missed six games, and and Mitchell kind of took over the point, and that's what really kind of, if you're kind of on the fence about Mitchell going into the draft, like that was the prospects or you know. NBA scouts dream because they got to see him at point and Patino says Patino says you know hands down he said that's his natural position point guard is his natural position he'll play that at the NBA and he'll be perfectly fine at it so you know how much I love Donovan Mitchell this is your podcast you love Mitchell and you love OG so I'm just gonna let you like just go just, <laughs> no, just, no you're gonna have to cut me off I'll just wind you up and go <laughs> he uh, did have a he did have a two point six steal per forty, like that. That's insane. I mean, he led yeah. the ACC in steals this past year, and especially when we talk about we've talked about before, you've talked about the importance of wingspan on the on the perimeter. A six ten wingspan at the point guard spot, and he led the ACC. In, you know, it's not just all measurements; it's just not all talk. He actually backed it up and led the whole ACC in steals. What if the Mavericks could somehow get another pick? Like we talked about how they can get a, a pick in the bonus, the weekend podcast. What if they could get two picks and they get Neil Akina and they get Mitchell? And you, have like, would, you have like seven foot wingspan across your guards and then you have Nerlens Noel. We're like Bucks. We're like Bucks West. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's why when I say something like, when we talked about the potential of like moving down with Detroit, if Detroit's like really saying, Hey, we're done with Stanley Johnson and we really like Dennis Smith at nine or Monk at nine or Markinen at nine. And they're like, we'll give you Stanley and 12 for that ninth pick. Like for me walking away with Stanley Johnson and Donovan Mitchell is the same or more than walking away with just Nilakino or just Dennis Smith or something like that. Yeah, but I'm so, saying we get both picks. So I, I like- oh, that would be, <laughs> I like to That'd get awesome. cake and I like to get cake and brownies too. That's what I like. <laughs> but so, he has kind of the same kind of like worries as Monk, and not really worries as Monk like worries, but the same question you ask about Monk, you ask about him as far as can he play the point? Yeah, and the shooting though is something we're not is not you know a question that we ask of Monk, but uh, Mitchell in his first year he shot forty four percent from the field. 25% from three and 75% from the free throw line. And then his second year, his field goal percentage went way down. So he shot 41%. So that's just about three percentage points lower his second year. But then his three-point percentage went up 10%. So two-point shots for him just got really tough. <laughs> I mean, he did not do well uh, two-point shots. And then his field, his free throw percentage went up 5% as well. So true shooting overall went up his second year, but... For some reason, those, the field goal percentage took a huge dip. But that's—I mean—that's a solid shooter. That's that's kind of the field goal percentage isn't great, but the three-point percentage is basically what we saw Dennis Smith put up in his first year. Yeah, and and at his first year, his freshman year, he came off the bench. So take that for what it is. Yeah, he played. But... He played about half of the minutes that he played in his second year. So 
Yeah, came off the bench, and then he took over as the starting two guard. You know, in, in 6'3", he kind of asked that question of, okay, you know, with Monk, is he too small to play the two? If he can play the point, I think he plays the point. I think he works out fine. I, I think he's going to be underrated when we look back at this draft. But he says, and he mentions in his own interviews, and I think it's a perfect comparison is Avery Bradley. And yeah, I mean, he just he loves defense, and that I love seeing that out of guys that come out and say, "I want to play defense." Like I love playing defense. So now you look at the what. Now that we're on comparisons, I just wanted to say, like, I wanted to bring up uh, Eric Bledsoe because you just that that story you just told about playing the two, but then you know, coach saying that he's naturally a point guard. That's basically what Eric Bledsoe did for Kentucky when John Wall was a point guard, he was playing two, and they were like, well, he's more of a point guard. He didn't really get to show what he can do, but then he, you know, he's that this athletic guy that's defensive, and you know, he's a twenty point per game scorer in the NBA. We've talked about him already. Bledsoe was like the the underrated guy. You never knew really how good he was. You know, Mitchell was the best player on Louisville. Bledsoe was like, yeah, yeah John Wall, that's true. The whole that's crew. true. <laughs> uh, but, but like, with so with Bradley, you know, Bradley's these are Bradley's measurements, and you can picture we can picture Avery Bradley for Boston and whatever in your head right now. So Bradley six three is a six seven wingspan, and he has a thirty seven inch vertical. So Mitchell's <laughs> Mitchell's the same height. Jump that without a step. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. He's got you know at least you know at least three, probably three to six inches higher vertical, and at least three three inch longer wingspan. So <clears throat> whatever you think of Avery Bradley, I like Avery Bradley a lot. If Boston ends up, ends up selling off some pieces because they need to make room for somebody like a Paul George or something. I want to be first in line if I'm Donnie to try to get some of these pieces. But sure. anyway, that that's a different conversation. But yeah, I love Mitchell. I think he's going to be just like an Avery Bradley. Probably might be able to run the point a little bit better than Bradley, but I'm all in on him. I think I have him going to Charlotte in my latest mock draft. I think he'll be perfect next to Kimba if they want to play him together or coming off the bench and being their spark plug. So you see him as – as a, if he's with a good enough point guard, he can play two. And then if you know, ideally though, he would try to be. You'd want him to be a point guard, right? Yeah, I, I think you like picture something like a Devin Harris role. You know, like Devin yeah, likes to like play slides one. between both. It just depends on the personnel on the floor. Yeah, I think that 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 would be the case for sure. But if like say what you want about Rick Pitino, but he's a heck of a coach, and he's did crazy work at the college level. Not in the NBA, but at the college level. And so, I mean, if he says Donovan Mitchell is going to be my, you know, or he's he's a natural point, I think that's what he's going to play at the next level. And he was also saying that about the, you know, the Knicks workout. The highest workout that I've seen, I could be wrong, and correct me if I'm wrong, is him working out for the Knicks. I don't know if he's worked out for anybody higher than that. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen him. I mean, he, we we mentioned that he's going to work out for the the Mavericks, so there's you know eight and nine that he's going to work out for. So, um, would you take him? I, I mean, I, I don't think you wouldn't take him at nine if we have you know Nilakina and you know there isn't a trade available and all this stuff. Like you wouldn't take him straight up at nine, would you? <laughs> um, 
Probably not. Wow, that took you a long time to answer that. It did because I really, I really like Mitchell, and I think he's going to be really good. I just don't think I have Monk over him. The only question mark where I would come down is in between him and Nelikina. And I'm starting to lean towards Dennis Smith myself. It goes back and forth every day, but it it, it depends on what you value. <laughs> really. I think I want, no, I think I'd take Dennis Smith over Mitchell. I, I'm saying like if if everybody's gone except for Nilakina at that oh, night, yeah, yeah. you know Nilakina and, and marketing, you know, and and if Dallas took Mitchell over Nilakina at nine, which I don't think they will, but if they did, I think I would probably be in the minority of being happy. But I would I would see it either way. I would like either one of so them. So you would take you take Smith over all three of them, and you would take Mitchell over Nilakina right now. That's hard. You put me on the spot. You just said uh, that. That's what you just said. I was saying. I, well, I was saying if if they took Mitchell over, and I think I have Nelikina right right above Mitchell right now. But if they took Mitchell, I'll say it like I'll say it like this: if they took Mitchell over Nelikina, I wouldn't be pissed. I wouldn't be mad. I'd be like, okay, solid pick. I'm happy about it. I cannot but, see a scenario where that happens. No, I don't <laughs> either. I don't, there. No, no, no. I don't. I don't either at all. The only way I could see it is if it if Monk's there at nine. And for some reason, they don't like much, which I don't buy that. Even Skin, you know, our, our buddy or, you know, yeah. friend Skin, like, <laughs> even Skin Skin said on Twitter today, he's like, hey, like, if Monk is there at nine, I could see Dallas going all in for that, so. Sure. We've got over <laughs> that. We talked about it on the podcast two two pods ago when we profiled Monk. Like, yeah. I would take Monk over all these guys. I'd take him over Dennis Smith, Nilakina, Mitchell. Any of those guards. So, all right, there you go. That's that's uh, Donovan Mitchell. Interesting kind of prospect. He's got some, you know, some measurables we haven't really seen before. Guys that you can compare him to are Avery Bradley and maybe an Eric Bledsoe, just because of the, you know, the situation that he was in playing two and then being a point guard, athletic wingspan, all that. So OG Ananobi, <laughs> the six seven. Uh, Wing, forward, big man, kind of all of the above from Indiana. He has a seven foot two wingspan, which is one of the highest in this draft. I think seven six is the highest, so he's getting up there. Um, And in the wisdom of drafts, he has an average of 15. So right at 15 with all these guys. Um, 15 is the heat. No, 15 is the, uh, the trailblazers, excuse me. Uh, so right there at 15 with the Trailblazers. And uh, the Ringer guys have him 9, 7, and 4. Tell me who has him number 4. Jonathan Charks. <laughs> he gets a shout-out every show. <laughs> Jonathan Charks has him at number 4, which I said that, and I can't remember who told me this. It was like, that's more of, you know, these writers are trying to get guys to, to be noticed. Not the writers themselves, but they want the prospect to be noticed, you know, more than some of these other guys. Mm. And so they put him up there that high. I was like, that's interesting to think about that way. But yeah, that that's super high. Chad Ford has him at thirteen. Draft Express has him anywhere between fourteen and twenty-one, depending on the day. <laughs> he has him at they have him at twenty-one today, going to yeah. OKC, which is an interesting spot for him. You have what if you have him and Roberson in Westbrook? You're like. Yeah, you're stopping guys and Steven Adams. You're like you're stopping guys, but you're not creating any offense with those those three altogether. Yeah, so so OG 
He tore his ACL his sophomore year, this past year. Yeah. And we preface this before we d- dive into him. There's a good chance that he could miss his whole entire rookie season. So you're obviously taking that. Also, so he's he was, definitely going to the Sixers. <laughs> there you go. And he's also he was also not invited to the NBA green room. So take that for what it is. I think we mentioned that last time. NBA invites 20 prospects to that. People like TJ Leaf, Bam Adebayo, John, so, you know, John, John, John Collins. Collins. Yeah, they were invited. Um, OG was not. So whether that's, you know, take whatever that you want to say about that, if they think he might slide some, which you get some because it's medical stuff. But for me, after 11, anything, anybody after 11, I think it's a mistake for me. Like I have him right behind Mitchell. That guy. I mean, you said a while ago, 6'8", 235, 7'2", wingspan, 9-foot stand and reach. Jeez. I mean, that's just – and the thing with OG, you know, he came in his freshman year. Who is his running mate at at Indiana? The two best players on the team, him and Yogi Ferrell. Our own Kevin Yogi and, Ferrell. Kevin. Come on! And, Kevin. Except Taman. Taman's the only one that actually calls him Kevin. I heard Dirk likes to call him Kevin. But I could be wrong. Uh, they also had Thomas Bryan on that team, which is an interesting second round prospect. But but anyway, OG came in and he's just, you know, crazy athletic wing player. And it's just two years ago, his freshman year. Yogi was, you know, best player on the team. Well, they played Kentucky in the tournament. This Kentucky team had Jamal Murray. Um can't think of some of the other guys on the team. I'm drawing a blank. All the Kentucky and, guys run together. Yeah, for real, they do. So anyway, that was a down year for Kentucky, though. Yeah, but they they're still in the tournament, and it was you know second round, Sweet Sixteen, maybe they match up with Indiana, and Jamal Murray's you know nailing you know he's the three point shooter, they're the best score on their team for Kentucky, and they put OG on him. Indiana puts OG on him, and he shuts Murray down, like shuts him down. Yeah, and that's six eight, six eight, two thirty five. Garden Jamal Murray, and it's not just a wing player. It's not down low. And the whole, you know, the intrigue is it's really similar to Jonathan Isaac is you look in today's game, except Anobi probably has about 30 to 40 pounds on, on Isaac. <laughs> I mean, he's just 50. a rock. Yeah. Back in, back in like, it was like January. I looked this up today. I was looking at my past pieces I, I've written, and it was like, it said like four or five months ago. It was the very first piece I did this year on a college prospect. And it was right after we got Yogi. I mean, it had to be after we got Yogi because I talked to Yogi about him. It was the first time I talked to Yogi. And I wanted to do a piece on OG. And I was like, hey, I think he's going to be like one of the steals of the whole draft. I love, I've just always loved his game. And so I went to Yogi. I was like, hey, can, can, it was after a game. It was just me and him at his locker. I was like, can I talk to you about OG for a little bit? And he was like, yeah, I like he was kind of caught off guard. Like this is super random. I'm yeah. on a ten, was, ten day contract, and nobody was asking about anything. But you can shoot threes and play basketball. Like, yeah, gosh. And you know, so he's asked. I was asking about just you know what he thought about his athleticism and stuff. And he's like, man, his athlete, his athleticism is unbelievable. And he he said he has tree trunks for legs. <laughs> and what helped what helped OG's legs look like just monsters is. He got on that new trend like some players did, and they wore the really short shorts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he wore the shorter shorts some, and it made his, like, just his thighs. and I mean, he just looked like a monster out there. 
But it's just in today's game. I mean, that's he can play. He can play the four. He can play the three. He's big enough and he's thick enough to play the five. So in my in my latest mock, it's not like a perfect fit. But if he is going to fall some, I was looking at like that fifteen to twenty five range. What if Milwaukee takes him at seventeen? Oh gosh. You know, and they wait on him, and then they roll out a lineup of you know with him, Giannis, and Thon Major, and Jabari, and, Malcolm, and Jabari, and Malcolm Brogdon. Gosh, yeah, like if they, you know, you know, if they want to put Thon on the bench or something, and run like super athletic small and put OG at, at the five, like that's it. You know, a team's going to have to take him, be super patient with him, but you could really cash in your rewards later on. But he does have his weaknesses, and we can talk about. Him. He has no isolation game. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's kind of like Jonathan Isaac. Like you're not going to throw him the ball and say, "Go get me a basket." That's not happening. He doesn't really handle the ball that well, and that's actually like truthful compared to the people that used to bash Harrison Barnes and say, "Oh, he can't dribble the ball." Oh gosh, like, the Harrison it, Barnes doesn't have handles pieces from. <sighs> I think Mavs Moneyball ran a piece that just said like Harrison Barnes can't handle the ball or like can't, he can't he can't, can't dribble can't dribble <laughs> yeah can't like, dribble jeez. Yeah, I never bought into that. No, but, either. But a lot of people think that OG can't shoot, and that that's not true. He can't. He is like he he is your three D guy, but not in a shooting guard form. Yeah, he's like your, if you had like a pendulum, or if you had like a scale, like a weight scale. There's two scales, and and it's like defense and three point shooting. You want a three and D guy. Like his defense is m- much more outweighing his three point shot, but. It's there. I mean, he shot thirty six percent for or thirty seven percent for his college career. Look at his freshman year. Yeah, forty four percent, forty five percent, basically from three. He's That's only impressive. playing. He's only playing fourteen minutes a game. He shot just about one three a game. Uh, but that's still that's a really good percentage for you know. And he, that's I mean, you think that's the Yogi effect getting set up by Yogi? Um, I think it is some. You know, they didn't have that point guard starting his sophomore year and. Yeah. You know, Yogi left. Yogi was there four years, and I mean, he was the man. I mean, at, at Indiana, loved Yogi Ferrell, and it was a cool atmosphere. Tom Crean and and then OG kind of, you know, OG sophomore year is, was supposed to be his breakout year, and he started off doing well. They beat North, they beat Kansas the first game of the season. He went head to head with Josh Jackson. They beat. Um, this is off the top of my head. I don't have this written down, so I could be wrong. I know they beat North Carolina. So, like, before he had his injury, they beat some, well, two number one te- teams in, you know, the NCAA tournament. So, <clears throat> and then he had his ACL tear, and that was just, like, a heartbreaker, especially for big fans like me, and I really like this his game. But I want to throw a comparison at you if I can. Yeah. This this guy in the league, it's in it. So, OG, just to remind you, OG is 6'8", 235. Seven two wingspan. Okay. This player in the league is six seven, two twenty seven, with a seven three wingspan. Okay. His name's Kawhi Leonard. Dang. So, hey, to me, OG is way thicker. So, so to me, my comparison is Draymond Green, just on defense. Yeah, I would say, yeah, that 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 is a really yeah Draymond. I heard the. Um, Al Farouk Aminu, I think he's better than Al Farouk. And thicker, too. Um, yeah, he's he's thicker. That's the thing with OG. When you watch OG, and like OG, this is where he's kind of different than Jonathan Isaac. 
besides the thickness part, like OG will throw it down. Like OG went would go into the lane. You watch some of his highlight plays. He had this one dunk. I wish there was a way to show a video on a podcast. <laughs> you could show it to me, but no one else would be able to see. Yeah, he, he had this. Crazy I can do play dunk, by play man. if you want. It's it's insane, and he just drove down the lane and cocked it back one handed, and it's just an example of that. But he's going to be a steal. He's probably going to go unless like he's the type of player though. He's the type of player, though, if Sacramento gets, like, De'Aaron Fox at five or they get, you know, their guard or something at five, and then at ten they take OG, and you're like – and some people's going to be like, wow, why are they taking OG? I'm like, no, no, bro. Like, take OG, and I'm going to be super happy with it. Like, whoever takes OG, (laughs) and then after 11, I'm going to be like, all right, we're in still still territory now. Yeah, that's what what, what – you know, happened in our draft. That's what happened in the lockdown draft is they took OG with 10. Oh, yeah. They took Fox with five. So that's exactly what, you know, and the Raptors traded up so that they could get OG. Like, that's what they wanted to do initially. And so, and we were going to take OG. <laughs> so all yeah. these guys are going to take we, OG. And that, that's why, man, if he's there like 15 in Portland shopping that 15th pick, man, if if I could do anything to get there to get him. Yeah, I think he goes. With, I think he goes with one of the Portland picks. I yeah, I mean, because so like with the Portland situation, you know, they can't have three guys, you know, doing their thing. So or getting rotation minutes, three rookies. So they need draft and stash. They could wait on OG. You know, it's going to be a team. You know, you're looking at some of this, some of these teams through there. You know, if Indiana does not trade Paul George for some weird reason. You know, like they want somebody to play, like to win now. Or at least that's what I was thinking before. Now it changes everything. But, you know, like like Detroit. Detroit wants somebody to help them win now. You know, you look at some of these, you know, these teams that might not want to spend a top 15 pick on somebody that might not play all year. Yeah. Sacramento could wait on him. You know, like yeah. Sacramento with their second pick at 10 could take him and wait on it. And, reap the rewards later on so yeah charlotte's probably not one of those teams either yeah charlotte wants to win now i mean they they have 11th pick they could get somebody like a canard or a mitchell or if marketing falls to him somebody they could plug in now and help us get to the playoffs and oh. you then you then you just kind of go down <laughs> that would be weird <laughs> but then you just go down the line of like miami like miami might take him and wait on him they're so weird you don't you don't know what they're gonna do as the uh as the james johnson replacement <laughs> In a way, yeah, for real. James Johnson, I don't have his measurements. I don't know them, but that would be interesting. He's like six seven, six eight. I don't know the wingspan, but okay. There's also to keep this in mind. There's also the Indiana connection to Mark Cuban. That was played up a lot with Yogi. Of Mark was constantly talking about it. Did you see? Did you see Mark Cuban's shirt and his picture with Nilakina in Italy? Cuban would be over there wearing it like just a regular Indiana shirt. The maroon, wearing the maroon. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not. You know, that's say what you want about that. But if there's somebody that might hold some type of partial to him, if he's fallen into draft, he's, if he's there at 20, and Portland's like, hey, we're just trying to give away the 20th pick. I think you you know how much I love OG. You know, I think I would be happier about getting OG at 20 than whoever we'd get at nine. Like I think I would be so excited. Wow. If like if we can't like here to explain my emotions. 
Like if we got Dennis Smith or somebody, whoever we get at nine, I'll be like pumped. Like I'm expecting that. Like I've ha- we've had this excitement together, all yeah. of Mavs fan base forever. I'm like, yes, we finally made our pick. Excited about that. I think I would just be like going nuts if we like got to 20 and got OG. I'm like, holy crap! Like we hit a home run, man. Like, You'd be the only one in the room, like in the media room. You'd be freaking out, and everybody else would be like looking around. Like Eddie Sefko would just turn around and look at you and be like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, Eddie's in his like hat and like flannel shirt and jeans, <laughs> scarfing down some fajitas or whatever. I'm just glad Dwayne's still there. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Do we shout out Dwayne in this? In this podcast? I mean, we can. I don't think he's gonna listen to it. No, no, no. But just like Dwayne got laid off from the Fort Worth Star Telegram, but now he's with Mavs.com, so he's still gonna be around. Shout out Dwayne. Dwayne <laughs> he's, I saw. I saw him at that uh, Harrison Barnes basketball camp. Oh yeah. I hit. I hit him. I was like, "What up, Dwayne?" I said, congrats on the new gig. And he's like, oh, 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 thank you. How you doing, Ozzy? <laughs> he's just the coolest dude, man. Oh, man. There you go. So that's OG. That's Donovan Mitchell. Uh, oh, wait. Last question on OG. Do you, could you ever see him winning Defensive Player of the Year? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he has everything inside. He he has the defensive ability to be like a Draymond type of impact. Except, except I don't – I wish – I wish we would have talked about Draymond beforehand. I'd like to compare their measurements. For some reason, I Draymond is a pretty think, long wingspan. Okay, because for some reason, I'm thinking that OG might have like a higher vertical or bigger wingspan. I just feel like OG was more above the rim than Draymond, but Draymond plays above the rim too. So, yeah, not crazy, <laughs> not crazy above the rim. But another another player I was thinking of was Tony Allen, like the style sort of. You got a guy that's not style, yeah, smaller, definitely, yeah. I like the just knit and grit. Knit and grit. That's not grind and grit. That's their Memphis way. No, grit and grind. Grit and grind. That's <laughs> what it is. Gosh, Chandler Parsons and his Chancun is throwing it all oh off. Is, is, there a more, is there a player that's less fit for the style of play that the team, like, you know, like they're all grit and grind, <laughs> and he's like, Chandler Parsons is the opposite of that. What if we, what if we still had the amnesty thing? How fast would they use their amnesty on Chandler? Well, there's like, there's a quite there's a thing that, that there was there was talk with the new CBA that like the reason why there was an amnesty clause in the first place, which everybody kind of took out of context, was that there was a new CBA in 2011, and so they let every team amnesty one contract that they had previously signed, like in the you know in the in the deal before. So there's certain people that were eligible for it and certain certain teams that were not and so with the new cba now that's that's coming out you know starting this season that we're like are we going to get another amnesty and larry coon kept saying no 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 and looks like it's going to stay that way so and there could (laughs) that'd be an interesting august podcast which which players would get amnestied if you had it if you had a choice on what team i know i know i know who you you would amnesty on the mavericks no, yes, no, you yes, you would. No, yes. I like Nico. Nico's no, no, great. not Nico. Nico's a non guaranteed contract. <laughs> no, he's he's tall and Canadian. We'll leave it at that. I just tweeted about him a little bit ago. All right, I so that, that was OG and Donovan Mitchell. We talked about their strengths, weaknesses. Um, these are guys that we will definitely be available for the Mavericks at nine, but this is like if we trade for another pick afterwards or if we trade down, like those those uh, possibilities we talked about on the weekend show. So that's what we talked about today. Give us five stars on iTunes. Comment with your draft questions on iTunes. You just go search us in the iTunes store, find us, and then go 
you know, rate, hit, add a comment, and ask a question, and we will answer every single question on Wednesday's show, no matter how long it takes. We will stay up. We will be up with your draft questions. I'm super excited <laughs> for this week. It is draft week. We have made it. It is four days away from when you're listening to this. It is a thir- It is on Thursday, so you're almost there. If you guys haven't, go back and listen to all of our draft profiles. They're all, you know, every single thing that we talked about today, we talked about with all the other ones. We talked about with uh, Monk and Fox, Tatum and Isaac. We talked about Markinen. We talked about Neil Aquino. We talked about Dennis Smith. We went through all those guys, so go back. I also saw somebody on Reddit, on the, the Wolves Reddit, like the Timberwolves Reddit, saying that uh, he was looking through some of the others, and he's like, we need to do more of those draft profiles like the Lockdown Mavs do. And I was like, heck yeah. <laughs> he was like, I was listening to those. So thanks to that Timberwolves listener. If you are that Timberwolves fan, if you're listening right now, shout out to you. <laughs> also, let's end it with this. Let's end it with the Sotnam shame. Oh, so uh, you, you have a Sotnam shame, and I have one. I think mine is worse than yours, but go ahead with yours first. So mine's just a thought process. It's not. I don't have an example, but I've seen this thrown around a lot on Twitter. It's not any certain person, so I can't come at any of you. It's unless the, it's the product of groupthink, and groupthink is when you know everybody's together for so long, and you're just you're bouncing ideas off each other so much that everybody ends up thinking about the same thing. Yeah, and with the Paul George situation, Cleveland's been getting thrown around a lot, and obviously Kevin Love's name. And then a lot of people are saying, okay, well, Indy might not want Kevin Love, so they need to find a third team. Guys, Wes Matthews going to Indy <laughs> and, uh, and us getting Kevin Love back, that 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 means nothing. Like for, for Indy to sit back and say, okay, if they don't want Kevin Love, they, like, they want picks or younger players instead of Kevin Love. Why on God's green earth would they want Wesley Matthews back <laughs> For Kevin Love, like we've seen this all over Twitter. It's not tonight. a thing. It's not a thing. It's like, what if what you know? What if could we get Love and send them Wesley Matthews to Indy? We'll even attach a first rounder. Who cares about we'll, that? We'll like, do what? that for you. We'll even do that for you. We'll throw it in out yeah, of goodwill. Like, they're they're. I guarantee. I know the value is going to be super low, but I guarantee you. Like even somebody like if you call it Phoenix and say we'll take Bender for Paul George. We'll call call up Boston, like get a pick, like anybody in the top ten or fifteen. Like, could you see, like, if you're Indy and anybody in the top ten to twelve picks in this draft calls you and says, "We'll give you our draft pick for Paul George." You have to be something else too, but you also look at the value that the Kings got for Demarcus Cousins, and the Pacers are trying to do this deal fast. If that if that Woj tweet is correct, which Woj usually is, is that they want to get this deal done really quick. So the quicker We're, the the quicker that it goes, usually the lower the value. I'll throw you a fun one. Minnesota calls with seven and Chris Dunn to pair oh, Paul gosh. George with Towns and Wiggins and Rubio and, and Levine. Levine. <laughs> Jeez, how fun would that be? Anyway, Super okay. Fun. Yeah, Sadnam was just the the concept of Mavs fans thinking that we can turn Wesley Matthews and like Indy <laughs> would want him over Kevin Love for some reason. So, there and you by go. the way, the Sadnam shame is uh, is any like tweet, Reddit post, a comment, uh, a thread. If you see a comment on Facebook or something, it is you just do hashtag Sadnam shame. And it is all the the really bad trade proposals, the bad offseason plans, the bad free agent signings, like this one right here. This is a perfect Sotnam shame for me. And we will end the podcast with this. On Facebook, a guy named Victor Brooks. Shout out to you, Victor Brooks. 
Victor. You have a plan on, this is what he says, getting back to championship basketball for the Mavs. This is an, this is an exact Sotnam shame. It's a, a bad free agent signing, a bad draft pick, all this. Acquire CP3. First, mm. first off, that was, you know. For okay. Wes Matthews? No, just acquire him. Like, just oh, acquire. Oh, oh. Okay. And draft Zach Collins, seven foot. And then he doesn't type the number zero. He types the letter O. So, seven foot O. Mm. <laughs> draft Zach Collins, who can shoot. He is projected to still be on the board. He's not wrong there. Find <laughs> role players, shooters, Nikola Mirotic or Rudy Gay. No on Rudy Gay. If no CP3, then go after Sergio Rodriguez. So random. Or Derek Rose. (laughs) Or Jeff Teague. Who are assist-minded. The game is changing, and we have to change with it. Tough for me because I miss the physical play aspect. But those Mm. days went out with flip phones. He's also not wrong with that. Resign Nerlens. Nerlens spelled N-E-R-L-I-N-S. Nerlens. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> Nerlens. And Curry and Yogi. Pay cuts for Matthews. Okay, this is this is where it, this is where it really gets me. Pay this, cuts. This guy has been spending way too much time watching the NFL. Pay cuts for Matthews and Powell till they prove value or let go some shooters with defensive mindset and scrappy role playing physical players. The West is about durability and scoring. Okay. There's so much to digest. There's right so now. much to digest in that Sotnam shame. Acquire CB3, not going to happen. Also mm. impossible. He don't, we don't just don't have enough money, and he's gonna he's gonna sign here. He's Nick. gonna he's, he's gonna resign with the Clippers. Draft Zach Collins. He's seven foot oh. Uh, no, <laughs> he can shoot. Yeah, that's true. He is still going to be on the board. Role players: Nikola Mirotic or Rudy Gay. Like Mirotic, I can understand if he, you know, like that could be a sleeper type free agent. You know, team like if, player that we go we, after. If we put Zach Collins and Miritich on the same roster, I'm driving to. I don't know. I'm driving to OKC else. and just you know setting up <laughs> shop up there, or Rudy Gay. Then okay, if no CP3, these are the three point guards. He says are the 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 second the second <laughs> option for not getting Chris Paul. Sergio Rodriguez is the first name that he types. That's the first that's name you think about. Sergio Rodriguez didn't part. play for the Sixers. It's <laughs> my yeah. favorite part. Sergio Rodriguez. Sergio Rodriguez, Derek Rose, or Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague, I can understand. Derek Rose, I guess, if you if you're a guy that still believes in Derek Rose and wants to try to, you know, like low risk, high reward, I guess Derek Rose is still there. Then the pay cuts for Matthews and Powell. Like, okay. <laughs> the NFL has this has in their contracts. You can renegotiate and move the money around. You're not giving necessarily a guy less. You're moving it around. And so this concept has sort of tried to spill over the NBA. It doesn't happen. It's not a thing. It's the same as Major League Baseball where they're guaranteed contracts unless otherwise noted. So like right now, Yogi has a non-guaranteed contract. And 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 Devin, let's use Devin Harris. Devin Harris has a non-guaranteed contract, four and a half million, and his guarantee date is sometime in January. I think it's January like 18th or something like that. If if the Mavs decide they don't want to keep Devin Harris for that that money, they can decide to get rid of him around January, and that you know they'll be off the books. It, you can't. These guys have guaranteed contracts. Wes Matthews and Dwight Powell. You can't just cut some of that. The Players Association has negotiated for these things and you can't doesn't work like that at all yeah 
guys, Memphis would have sat down with Chandler Parsons like <laughs> <laughs> like in August, like a month after they signed him, and said, "Let's figure Listen. something out." Listen, <laughs> renegotiate in the NBA, like Victor. Man, I, I appreciate I appreciate the thought and the time that you went to typing that out. Um, because it made for great radio. <laughs> he needs to send that to Larry Coon. Oh man! Oh, I should send some of these to Larry Coon. That he would he would die. He'd be like, it would probably give him like physical pain to see this. Just ask him that. Hey, if if Wes Matthews restructured his contract <laughs> for next year, what what do you think he can make? Which they did have a. There was a restructure this this past off season with uh, James Harden, but that's because he got more and got an extension. So that. Very different. It was the first of its kind like that, but there you yeah. go. That's the Sotnam Shame. If you guys see anything else like that, use the hashtag Sotnam Shame. My man Grant on Facebook commented Sotnam Shame on that one, and it made me really happy inside. So thanks so much, guys. We appreciate it. Again, give us five stars on iTunes. Comment your draft questions. We will answer every single one on Wednesday's show. Thanks so much for joining us. This is one of the longest podcasts we've ever done. I did not expect this, but thank you so much for joining us. Peace out. Boom. How long was it? Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.